everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four to eight episodes at a time, and we get together here to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, this week we're watching episodes 9 through 16 of Suspicious, Suspicious Partners. partners. <laughs> <laughs> I always call it partners, it's partner. You're right. I almost called it healer. I completely blanked on the name because I was so impressed by your numbers. Yeah. The math I was able to get down for once, but the name of it, I can get one. I have to pick one <laughs> per week. <laughs> so 9 through 16 of Suspicious Partner. We nailed it. We're here. That's four hours for those who are keeping track. So that's like the regular amount. Do you still... I guess you pretty much loved this show. I absolutely love this show. Do you still enjoy yeah. it? Yeah, I actually, I think I definitely enjoyed it more this time, or like this ne next four hours than I did the first four hours. I think that once my expectations of it being like a little bit uncomfortable and like a comedy were set, uh, then I could kind of settle into it a little bit more versus like the very jarring comedy of the first couple of episodes, like where we have to deal with an entire argument about butt touching on the subway. <laughs> this had a lot more, I guess it had the same amount of uncomfortable comedy, but it had also a lot more of like a banter. There was a yeah. lot more banter comedy, especially between the two main leads, but also as they opened their new law office, like every meeting they have has me rolling. It's I very love good. it. Oh, <laughs> And also, can I just say, it actually feels pretty accurate to real team meetings, at least in my oh, experience. Yeah, that's like how my team meetings always go. Like, we'll try and be really productive and we'll get like a couple minutes of like high productivity in. And then there's one person, I will say, there's like one instigator usually um, that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, it is a <laughs> no. specific person indeed but like he'll say something buck wild and we'll all pretend like we're too good to be distracted by it but it doesn't matter we're all pulled into it immediately <laughs> he's your attorney beyond yep pulling people right off track <laughs> that's so funny i just imagined that was part of the drama of like this doesn't really happen but it's very funny if it did it felt a lot like new girl if y'all ever watched new girl like, it felt like the cast was improvising every meeting scene of just bantering back and forth in character. Top notch. I love it. It's very good. And I hope that it would be cool. I don't know how many scenes or how common it is for scenes to be improv in K-dramas. Me neither. I'd be interested to know if there's some kind of statistic for that or if, like, it never happens or if it does sometimes happen even if we couldn't get, like, a number... Yeah, because I know, I mean, even in the show New Girl, I know it took a few seasons for them to get really comfortable with improvising in character, and then it was, like, a lot. It was a lot. But that was obviously, like, years of these people being together yeah. and being like, able to bounce I, off of each other. Yeah, I had a hard time with the first couple seasons of New Girl, like, the first two seasons. But once oh, really? I get through those, I love the characters. But I know it, this isn't like a new girl fan cast, but I fucking love the character Schmidt. I think he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Jason and I quote him all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, like 
no shade if this wasn't like improvised because they just their chemistry the chemistry of this group in suspicious partner is so on point and it's so impressive that they have that without spending years together as real life friends you know Mm -hmm. i think that's so cool oh i love it so much i love that this move-in trope has been expanded upon they've like doubled down so that everybody's moving into the house it's a party house now it's everyone's there and it's not no one thinks it's weird that she lives there i don't think they thought it was all that weird at least i would if my boss was like oh yeah one of the other employees lives with me um but they're so adult i love that he they didn't do the classic drama trope of like trying to lie or cover it up like they did Mm -hmm. do that with the hug they were like old man your eyes are your eyes are going and i was crazy guys you can't, like, he knows. Yeah. But with the move-in, Nojiwuk was like, uh, well, she didn't have a place to live, so she lives here. And I was like, is, I'm sorry, is this drama land still? Are we not lying? Yeah, like, everyone pretty much moves on from it pretty well, too. I think there's mm-hmm. a couple of comments, and then they're just like, okay, well, that's how that is, so. So we figured that out. Solve the mystery there. Literally almost said the words, how nice would it be to just, like, be able to wake up and, like, walk downstairs and, like, start working? (laughs) That has been my life for the past week. Yeah, you do that now. That's your life. Yeah. It isn't actually that great, which is to say it is better than having to drive into the office, but I still have to work. So, (laughs) (laughs) the convenience of working from home, but at what cost? (laughs) That's fair. I have that but i don't have to go anywhere nor do any work so the dream yeah just waking up and getting paid that's the real (laughs) dream (laughs) that's what i've got why am i giving this up i'm gonna listen back on this in a few years and be like you idiot you absolute (laughs) fool you could have had this forever you could have had this forever why did you move back you're trading it to be so close to me and i know that it's not about me but i like to make things about me <laughs> i mean it is about you it is including you if that, if that helps yeah it does uh my move back to utah was also including you so oh, thanks i don't know if i could have done it if i didn't know that you would be meeting me here in a couple of months mm-hmm. we're gonna be together that's a big selling point yep yeah all right, I'll keep listening to this part, and it'll bring me back up again. It'll cheer me up yeah, when so I'm not making money by just waking up. Maybe we'll do that with a podcast someday. Yeah. Thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers for getting us one step closer <laughs> to being able to just wake up and have money. <laughs> wake up, watch K-dramas, and make money. Yeah. Um. God. What if that became our job? It's fine. I, I think we'd have to get better at this podcast thing because we've barely talked about the show. <laughs> yeah. So something I definitely want to talk about uh, that literally doesn't matter but is part of the show. It just it doesn't matter at all. But I'm so scared that I'll forget to bring it up if I don't do it now. There was a stormtrooper, like a life-size stormtrooper <laughs> yeah, in his bedroom. Like life-size big boy storm stormtrooper. <laughs> when are we gonna talk about the fact that this guy is a motherfucking geek? <laughs> but like, I don't know, scary level. I don't like life-size dolls, y'all. Mm, no, maybe it's a costume and not a doll. Maybe he wears it sometimes. <laughs> Would that make it less creepy? <laughs> I don't know, maybe yeah. 
<laughs> you're allowed to be a cosplayer. Uh, you're also allowed to collect giant dolls, but... Oh, man, that's so much space in your home, though. Definitely spookier. Yeah. Is it creepier to have a collection of life-size dolls or to just have one life-size doll? Ooh, that's a hard question. I feel like a collection turns into, like, a terracotta army feel. <laughs> like, that's just art at that point. Whereas one is, like, what's going on? Does he have, like, a story? <laughs> Do you call him by name? I mean, this is coming from, like, the deepest crazy person, where I have <laughs> named all of my stuffed animals, and they all have personalities, and they talk. So, like, if they were life-size humanoids, I think it would really freak me out. I think I would lose my absolute mind, because they would have names and a personality. And they absolutely cannot stay in my room. Yeah. You can't stand yeah, no. here, Stormtrooper. When I was a kid, d did anyone in your family ever start collections for you? No. My family did that all the time. I don't think like, I'd enjoy that. Yeah, my family started a porcelain doll collection <gasps> for me. The yeah. worst. Oh. <laughs> the worst. The nightmare. Their favorite, though, was to get me porcelain dolls that looked like me. <laughs> which is even scarier. Yeah, that's so much worse. Um, I have red hair and blue eyes, and my whole family was obsessed with that fact. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so uh, everything that called attention to those two features uh, was exactly what my family thought I needed to have. I had like seven or eight like porcelain dolls, maybe like, I don't know, like... Porcelain like doll sized? Yeah, like two or three, like two feet high. A foot? I don't know. Foot it's hard half. to say. Yeah. Yeah, like a foot and a half. And, like, most of them looked exactly like me. Your house sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I had to, when I was, like, 12, I asked my mom if I could please put them away or if it would hurt her feelings. And she was like, no, you can put them away. That's okay. And I was like, oh, thank God. I can't sleep anymore. They look at me at night. <laughs> They're going to steal my skin suit and become me. All of these dolls want a piece of me. <laughs> They're going to cut me apart. Yep. Ooh. Mm. No, I never had that. I would get, like, the same five gifts every year for Christmas from, like, every family member. They knew what I liked, but it wasn't like they were collecting things from for me, you know? Mm -hmm. They just knew yep. what I liked. They kept with the theme. Yeah. Your house sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> my, other than the fact that they collected things on my behalf that were actually pretty spooky my family is a blessing and my favorite people but yeah that's they definitely crossed the line <laughs> they misunderstood they had some good intentions but it turned out not great i don't know i think when we were growing up porcelain dolls weren't quite as creepy as they became yeah so anyway, this K-drama is super good. <laughs> There's a stormtrooper. That's that. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I only want to talk about the, the murder aspects to start with, because there's a lot of melodrama going on. There's a lot of relationship drama. We're into that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm mostly here for the murder mystery, and we had this series of stringing us along thinking that it was KCSI whose actual name is Go Chan Ho 
and he might be dead now. There's so much for sure dead. I feel like there's no way that guy's alive anymore. He's gone. Uh, Prediction corner dead. He's dead. But also, Jung Hyun Soo, who would have killed him, said he needed him still. He said he needed four more murders cleaned up. Yeah, but he also said that he will allow a mistake just once, but never twice. And I just feel like he. He made his bed. Yeah, but I do want to say, I don't know, it's hard, because I know that he has been, like, covering up for a murderer and has been, like, the reason this guy has been able to continue getting away with killing people, and I shouldn't be in his corner, but I'm such a sucker for someone who develops or maybe has always had a conscience but was afraid, because I think that's such a human thing. You know, like, I think that someone could definitely blackmail me into like, or like, scare me into doing something that I regret. I love, I would love to be this kind of strong person of character that's like, no way would I ever help someone get away with something like that. But like, I think it's so human to, I I don't know, kind of like maybe make a mistake, but then that mistake spirals because it's being used against you. And then you think maybe if you do this one last thing, like, it will be behind you, but then, like... The one last thing turns into seven murders? Yeah, and then it's, like, now you're an accessory, like, you're part of this. And so now you've got the fear of whatever he had over you before, plus the fear of, like, whatever repercussions will come from helping him. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a sucker for it, and I feel really bad for this guy. I got actually, like, really sad at the end of the at the end of episode 16, because I just felt so bad about it. And there was such a quick turnaround that I loved so much where it was like three hours of convincing us that it was KCSI and that he was this creep and this mastermind and this villain and you're like wondering what Jung Hyun Soo is doing and he seems like maybe a nice guy. They picked such a good actor because he Mm -hmm. has such intense eyes that you're like, I don't trust him, but I don't know why. And I'm being a bad person and judging by appearances, but something's up with that dude but you know like you've seen kcsi being behind all these spooky things they keep flashing to scenes that imply that it's kcsi that's doing all this crime and then at the last minute they're like it wasn't he wasn't a willing participant he is a hostage he is doing bad to save his own skin and you feel so bad for him and then Six seconds after you start feeling bad for him, the murderer appears to kill him. Yeah, and he's, like, trying to do the right thing. Of course he's trying to do the right thing. That's how everybody gets killed. That's how everybody dies. Yep. I love it. I love that storyline so much. I love how spooky Dong Hyun Soo is. He's such a good villain. He is terrifying. I also really like, there's a, like, moment where she's about to go meet KCSI. And I, first of all, okay, so I'm going to do a quick recommendation on podcasts. I've been listening to My Favorite Murderer. <laughs> I think you shouted <laughs> them out last week. Shit. It doesn't matter. Every week, they're Every good. Week, well, we just happen to be watching a K-drama about murder, and mm. then I'm listening to this podcast about murder as well, so they're, like, really overlapping a lot for me. Um, so... I'll probably bring them up next week again. Don't worry about it. And I'll forget, too, that I brought them up this week. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they talk a lot about how, like, 
I don't know. They talk about intuition sometime, which I'm not a particularly superstitious person. Like, I don't feel... I don't know. I don't feel that I, like, put too much in the in the stock of, like, things that are maybe, like, spiritual or supernatural. Like, um, but that said, I do think maybe there's something to the whole, like, when you have a bad feeling about something. And that maybe there's just something that humans can sense in other humans or, like, in our environment that, like, we don't really notice that we're working on sensing, you know? Yeah. And so I really liked that there was a moment that she kind of, like, shut down. Like, there wasn't any indicator that it was a bad situation, like, other than just, like, she didn't feel right about going. And so she stopped, and it saved her life. So cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, like, the female alone going to meet a male who's also alone at night in a dimly lit, empty park Please, everybody, get the heebie-jeebies from that. Please yeah. understand that that's not a great situation, which I get why she trusts him. He's a police officer of sorts. He mm-hmm. works for the CSI. Yeah. So he should be trusted in that respect. But I love that there's so much, like, they keep coming back to in this drama, and it it's got the hint of romance, but I think it's just, like, pro tip for life. Of Noji Wook freaking out at Un Bang Hee and being like, you're not allowed to meet these people alone. That's not something that you should do. And I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with. Cause mm-hmm. we gotta, we gotta be independent women. We gotta live our lives. And it's hard to think that you can't meet this CSI agent alone. But I, yeah. I like, like it's almost maddening to yeah. like that just because I am a woman, I cannot do this thing. I can't like you're, I'm not allowed. But I like that there's this aspect of like people who care about you don't want you to do this. And if you keep that in the back of your mind and acknowledge that this is a situation where somebody I care about would be mad at me for doing this, I should get the heebie-jeebies just from that alone. Mm-hmm. And listen to that and respect that and wait for them to come get you, if you can. Yeah. This reminds me of a story, but we've taken so much time (laughs) not talking about the (laughs) K-drama already. What's your story? I'm so worried. Is it a kidnapping story? Did you get kidnapped? I have been kidnapped. No, I have (laughs) never been kidnapped. Um, No, uh, like the... It was like a week before I left Washington and I was... It was like a pretty stormy night. It was a dark and stormy night. Um, it, but it was like really windy and rainy and it was cold. Uh, so Washington. And I was driving home pretty late. I don't remember what I had been doing. Um, but I needed to get gas. And I lived Mm-mm-mm. kind of... I know. I lived kind of out in the country, sort of. Like there was there was a lot of like housing on the road that I lived on, but not like... Like, no really commercial properties, for the most part, aside from, like, a casino and a gas station. It's a weird place that I used to live. And I stopped at the gas station next to the casino. And uh, as I was, like, pulling into the parking lot, it was really busy. There was, like, a car at almost every, uh, like, filling station. Yeah, Yeah, every pump. Um, But I I was able to find one uh, really quickly. And I parked. And I was on the phone with my mom. And... uh, as soon as I parked, 
this woman who had been standing near the entrance to the parking lot, like came up to my car and tapped on the window. So I rolled it down and I was like, one minute, mom, let me talk to this lady. And she was like, hey. And she like told me this story about like how her uncle lives like down the way a couple of miles, like three miles or something. And public transportation wouldn't be there for another 45 minutes. And her uncle was like, paramedics were on the way to his house for some reason. And like, da, 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 da. And like, um, she was pretty frantic and I lived in an area where, like, this isn't unusual, which sounds crazy, but, like, a lot of people, like, hitchhike out near where I lived, and, like, I don't know. It was, like, not completely unheard of that, like, people would hitchhike or also, like, make up stories. It was weird. Anyway, finally, after she had been talking for a minute, I was, like, getting stressed out, like, and I was just, like, whatever, I'll take you. And then she's, like, great, it's me and my husband. And I was, like, mmm... I don't think I want to be a statistic. Out- thank you. Yeah. I don't want to be outnumbered in my car. Yeah. Uh, I'm a young woman. I'm I'm 26 years old. I don't have like any real physical strength. I'm kind of like mm, wayfish at best. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting nauseous. Yeah, no. I and my remember how my mom was on the phone? Yeah best thing ever because here's the thing women are taught to be so polite Uh and do whatever it takes to like I don't know not shake things up and you don't ever want to feel like you're being rude to people and you want to be helpful and you're just taught to be that way and don't be a bitch and so I think that's how like a lot of women get tricked into situations that are really bad for them is because, like, oh, what if they think I'm rude? <laughs> and I, it was like, I was also nauseous. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, it already felt bad. And then she said, great, it's me and my husband. Which, like, she was conning me. I do want to point that out. Like, she did not bring him up at all in her sob story. Like, please help me. Like, can you give me a ride? Like, she never, ever, 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 ever brought him up the yeah. whole time. Until I had said yes. And I don't like being lied to. (laughs) And And you shouldn't. Yeah. So I ended up, I talked to my mom and she was like, if you do this, I will be furious. Do not. Like, if you have to come up with some excuse, you can literally say the words my mom said no. And it wouldn't matter because no is no. And like, you shouldn't have to do this if like, and I don't want you to. And so I did, I straight up, I'm 26 years old. And I said, my mom said no. I said, my mom heard that whole thing. I've been on the phone with her and she's furious and I can't do this. Like, like, I'm sorry. And you'll have to find a different ride. Anyway, I did not give them a ride that night. And I'm grateful because I had a bad feeling. You're so strong for not just driving away and leaving them in the dust. I think I would have maybe panicked and, uh, you know, ripped the pump out of my car. (laughs) <laughs> just pulling out of there like bye oh that makes me so nauseous and uncomfortable yeah anyway you can edit the story out it's like kind <laughs> of an interesting story but it has nothing to do with the k-drama <laughs> no like i want to keep it in but i also have a story that reminds oh. me of the time i got conned at disneyland i remember that you remember that because it was so scary and so stupid oh. of me i'm 
just the most gullible person in the world. So we were crossing the street, getting ready to enter the park at Disneyland. And some girl was like, I love your green hair. And I was like, oh my God, I love your green hair. And she was like, cool, let's talk for a minute. Come over here. And we're here for, what was it? Habitat for Humanity? Greenpeace. It was Greenpeace, which is a real reputable organization. And she was like, we're just looking for donations. And I was like, cool. Like, I've got $5. And she was like, no, we don't take cash. We can only take, like, rolling donations. So we have to pull from your account each month. She explained it, obviously. She was, like, much better, much smoother at talking this through. Where I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I get that. Mm Mm-hmm. So she was like, just fill out this clipboard with your bank account information And so I, like, put my name and, like, the first line of my address, and my husband could feel me, like, getting more and more uncomfortable. He was my boyfriend at the time. But he was (laughs) like, this, um, she seems, like, nervous about this, so maybe let's just, maybe let's just go. So he was, like, trying to say no to the people on my behalf. And so they made a phone call. They were like, well, you can, like get you can talk to this person who's in charge like you can talk to the manager quote unquote who is verified and they like gave him a password into the phone so i knew it was real and honestly this could have been all above board this could have been real greenpeace it could have been real people asking for real donations and it all could have been kosher but i started writing down my bank account number on the street in southern california like for these strangers and my husband was like no this is ridiculous like don't you don't have to do that what are they gonna do just be (laughs) mad at you I was like yeah this green-haired girl we already connected (laughs) (laughs) and so he took the paper and he was like we're gonna take this with us we're leaving and just kind of took me away from that like extracted me from the situation but I'm just the kind of person who would freaking let a murderer get in my car I don't know like I'm so gullible and I really, I just am very lucky to have people in my life who, you know, care about me and keep track of me. And I think that's why it's hard watching this show where sometimes the only thing that stops Eun Hee, like it seemed like in that situation at the end of episode 16, the only thing that stopped her was the thought of Noji Wook being mad at her doing something stupid. She's yeah. like, I could do something stupid. That's fine. But if he's going to get mad at me for doing that, then maybe I won't. And I like my your story because I need some perspective that other women are taking care of themselves because I'm incapable of that. But I've never had to. Like, I've I mean, always had Jason. To be fair, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to back out of it if my mom hadn't been like, OK, this is what you need to do in this moment. Like That's fair. Yeah. We need to be stronger, but we also need to be able to rely on other people. Sometimes, if you can just picture your best friend Raquel being like, hey, see how you're uncomfortable? Listen to that. Even if it's, I don't know, just give voice to your discomfort. Because I'm good at talking it down and being Mm -hmm. like, you're just uncomfortable because you're talking to someone new. You're talking to a stranger and you don't like talking to strangers. You don't like talking to strangers and like, it's not so bad to like make a real human connection like and don't think so poorly of other people like that's they're not all lying like, people are good mm-hmm. it's like maybe they are but that doesn't mean you should give them your bank account information or let 
Um, the, the, I Can I just say the husband was really creepy, too. Like, oh, I'm glad like, you saw him. I'm glad yeah. he wasn't just, like, in the, you know, in the shadows. Yeah, no, they did come up. They came up to get in my car. <gasps> and he was, like, expressionless. And, like, he was wearing, like, this really baggy, like, snowboarding coat and, like, a beanie. And then, like, he had, a ho- like, two hoods up. And, like, he looked intense and i am so glad i did not let him in my car and he was like tall too he was really tall and like like i said you're allowed to judge people and stereotype people when you're scared and when your fear tells you they're stronger than me they're a creep they're spooky like yeah that's not rude that's just like my mom put it this way later when i was talking to her uh she was like If there's anyone in this world that would judge you, a young female who, like, clearly, like, was alone, like, you did not have anyone else, they would have outnumbered you in your car. Like, that that's two against one, no matter what way you look at this. And, like, if there's anyone in this world that's going to judge you for that, then they're not good people. Thanks, Mom. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. So if there's anyone in this world that judges you for, like, getting yourself out of a situation that you feel is not good for you, then they're not good people. This world is intense. I'm not cut out for it, y'all. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, sorry we made this really spooky PSA uh, instead of a podcast review. (laughs) A comedy podcast review. (laughs) Stay safe, y'all. You're Mm -hmm. loud. Yeah. You're allowed to live forever. Just try really hard. Yeah. Take care of yourself. We love you. And we would never try and force our way into your car. So, so yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, like the opposite side. I'm like, if my uncle was two miles down the road, I don't think I'd ever be confident enough to ask a stranger for a ride. I'd be the guy that's like, I have to walk. Even if my legs are broken, I have to just walk to my uncle's house. And I want to ask for help, but I can't because I'm too awkward. Yeah, it was a weird story, too, because looking back, it's like, what were they going to do if the paramedics were on their way to the house? Like, they would I just take feel- your uncle away from the house. Yeah, Y'all. like he, he's not going to be there. And if he is going to be there, then like, are you going to perform CPR? <laughs> What's your plan? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But you don't realize that stuff till later. You hear a sad story. You think it's sad. You think you need to help. And you don't. Mm-mm. Oof. I'm c- spooking myself out. We shouldn't have started with the murder stuff. We should have started with the romance stuff. Yeah, we can move into the romance stuff. I have literally no personal stories to share about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think we're the worst at analyzing the romance stuff because we're both so into it. We love talking about romance. Mm-hmm. and watching romance and it's just cute and adorable but i got married to the man i met when i was 16 and raquel's still out here being single so we at opposite boys. ends of the stupid spectrum what are yeah. we doing we're clowns what are we doing we can't talk about love we can't talk about love and romance we're absolute clowns oh <laughs> um i do actually i was not invested in this romance at the beginning fair all they had was attraction like physical good looks and even then like they didn't seem that attracted to each other they actually seemed like Mm -hmm. really annoyed by each other 
uh, well, she was not annoyed by him. She was clearly physically attracted to him pretty early on in the K-drama. But uh, there's nothing less attracted to me than one-sided attraction. Because like, oh, no. it's like, so creepy and awkward. Yeah, and you feel bad, like, because no one wants to be that person. and No one wants I, to be either person. Yeah, like, you don't want to be desired by someone that you don't desire. And you don't want to desire someone and have your heart stomped on because they don't like you back. Which is kind of the theme of these four episodes. Yeah, sort of. Except something I really liked is that they made it very clear around the time that he turned her down, like very definitively, where he was like, I don't want you to like me anymore. Mm -hmm. They also early on made it very clear that he actually did have feelings for her, which, okay, yeah, give me the star-crossed slow burn. I do love (laughs) that. I am here for that. But they both have to want each other. Um, and they made that fair. very apparent, which I appreciated. Because if it had just been him being like, don't like me, and then we had to just like watch her like crumble, that would have been a lot. And there's a pretty classic trope in K-dramas of staying away from each other to protect the other person. Like if mm-hmm. Noji Wook was like, we can't be together to protect Eun hee and her feelings... That's a constant in K-dramas. That's annoying. It drives me crazy. But instead, this time around, it was him being like, I want to protect me from getting heartbroken, which we also see from time to time. But it's one that I'm more on board with, I guess, of him being like, I just saw my ex. She broke my heart into pieces. I'm not ready for that again. Yeah, and, and she allowed. says she still loves me. And if that's like what love is, like if that's what the romantic love that I'm supposed to look forward to is then like i i don't want to go through that again that sucks and i yeah i think that's much more i don't know understandable whereas a lot of the if he was rejecting unbangi to protect her somehow for some reason i think that's him making a decision on her behalf whereas Mm -hmm. protecting himself is making a decision on his behalf he's looking out for number one and yeah i'm disappointed because We're ready for the romance, but it's a lot more understandable. So it wasn't wasn't terrible to watch. There is just the four of them for these four hours. It's just constant scenes of the four of them being brokenhearted, though. Yeah, I did 10 (laughs) second skips through quite a few things. So many montages. I didn't need to watch her cry for a very, very long time right after he rejected her and watch him, like, have a crisis. And then, like, they both walk through the house sadly in the dark. And then, like, there's some time passes. And it's, like, four minutes of this. And I I didn't need it necessarily. And then we've got two side characters doing the same thing. You think mm-hmm. I care about them enough? I don't know. I'm really... I think Jian Hyuk had quite the journey in these episodes. He did great. I love all his scenes with Nojiwook. Mm-hmm. I love him and all of his scenes with Nojiwook. Yep. I definitely have had a crush on him ever since I first saw Suspicious Partner for the first time. Same. I He's This is great. the first time that I'm fully... I guess I watched like the first three episodes, three or four episodes of when it first came out. Um, but I didn't pay that much attention to him. And now I am paying so much attention to him. It's so sad that he has to have a birthday party all by himself. Oh Your my heart God. is broken. Those monsters. Why did? Why would no one go to his birthday party? 
it seemed like nobody knew except Noji Book. So but he's the he, only one in the wrong. Yeah, uh, I have a big problem with that. He could, like, even if he didn't want to go, he could have just, like, arranged for everyone to go out with his super CEO boss guy powers and been like, okay, yeah, we're all going out and then not shown up if he really, if that was that important to him. But no, he just let everyone ruin this poor boy's birthday. He, like, was being so sweet to people all day, and he's like, I'll treat you guys. I <sighs> hate these people. They're <laughs> monsters. Someone needs to take care of Attorney G. And it was hard to watch. Yeah. And honestly, I don't really want it to be the ex-girlfriend that takes care of him at this point. Right. Because Someone was going to walk up to that birthday party. We knew it was going to happen. The world's saddest birthday party couldn't have been complete without someone walking up and either fixing it or making it worse and they had to make it worse why couldn't it be noji wook who shows up i wanted it to be noji wook so much i wanted it to be him so badly and just have that one tiny step towards the bromance that we need back because gene hack is doing all that he can to be like i've i've picked the bromance i made a mistake I'm trying to atone for it. I'm trying to cut Cha Yujong out of my life, even though I'm in love with her, because I'm prioritizing my friendship. And, you know, no Wook, can you give him something? I know Anything. he doesn't deserve it, and it's your choice, but I'm so sad. Please stop letting Cha Yujong be the one to give him a shoulder to cry on, because she, yeah. I hate her still. She's so bad at being the shoulder to cry on, too, because she is very, very involved in her own hurt. Yeah. And here's where I'm at with that. When you are so involved in your own hurt that you hurt people on the level that she did, and then you continue to still prioritize, like, how you feel about situations... That's when it becomes a problem, which is to say, if she was a real person, which there are real people out there like her, and I don't think that she's a demon beast, like, I think she is a person, but, like, it's so hard to watch her throw, like, little crying fits at work and, like, throw herself at no jiwook and it's just like so hard to watch when it's like you made your choices like you don't get to prioritize how you feel about this anymore sorry that was forfeit when you cheated on him yeah with his best friend with his best friend and your best friend yeah like you took everything away from him in that moment and from his best friend like it's really hard i don't even know what to think i can't I've never been even close to involved with something like this in real life, so it's hard to be like, the three of them have been best friends forever, and I just want them all to make up and be happy, but the betrayal is, like, so deep, and it feels unfair of me to root for Nojiwook and Jiun Hyak to make up when I just want that to be done by cutting Chaeyu Jung out of their lives, and I'm like, yeah. that's not fair to her. But also, she seems to still just want both of them equally as much as she did before. Yeah. Like, I think that there's a couple of differences between uh, Jiun Hyuk and um, what's her name? I don't remember. You just said it. Cha Yu Jung. Cha Yu Jung. Um, I think the main difference is that Jiun Hyuk is 
first of all, willing to give something else up. Like he's not prioritizing necessarily even what he wants most because he's been in love with her for all this time. He is giving that up because he knows like he can't like have everything he wants from this situation. That's just not possible anymore. And so he's like making sacrifices because what he like what he wants to do is like make amends with his best friend. And like, so first of all, that. And then second of all, the motivations for the cheating in the first place. Like, I, so he slept with her because he was in love with her. And that's rough. Like, it doesn't justify what happened. But I think that's a lot more noble than I had anxiety about my relationship. And so, I don't know. It's hard because I don't want to just like contempt, condemn Jeet. condemn cheaters because i think they're people like they actually made a point of doing that in the k-drama which was awesome like they were like people who murder aren't always like monsters that like sometimes it's just a regular person that like made a mistake or like did and like there's this juxtaposition where uh he's boyfriend in the first part of the show is a cheater who is such a douchebag like <laughs> he's yeah. like yeah i cheated on you but like whatever i still like you and she's like no you can't say you like me because that really hurt my feelings what you did and he's like it doesn't really matter you know like he does the classic stereotyped cheater douchebag he's pretty well put in a box of like you're allowed to hate this person mm-hmm. whereas chai jung is a cheater and she's so much more complex like you said she's so much more of a person instead of a character yeah so you go so back and forth, like when she's telling Nojiwuk, I had these anxieties and I just felt like I was thirsty for love and I could get it somewhere else. You're like, I hate you and I want you to die. I yeah. want you to go straight to hell and burn. And then two minutes later, she's talking to Jian Hyuk and she's like, I think that came out wrong. Um, I didn't mean it like that. I meant I really love him now. And I want him to be back in my life. And you're like, girl, I'm sad that you're sad, but you're doing everything wrong and I really hate you. Yeah. And it sucks because like two episodes ago, you were dope as hell. Yeah. I really wanted there to be a friendship. I actually loved the scene where (laughs) they both tell each other like, oh, this is awful because I liked you so much. Yeah. Um, Ubang or um. Unbangi and Unbangi and Chai Jung. They could have had a friendship. They were if Chai Jung could just like move on and date this third non-existent person. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, for um a girl Unbangi to have another girlfriend. You know, mm-hmm. or like it would have been a really good friendship, and or at the very least, been like you know who um clearly cares about Noji Wook Unbanghi like and I like her like I think that she's a good person and I don't know people are not only about how they relate to the competition in my love life (laughs) and they can be great people as well I don't know and it could have been like so redeeming for Cha Yu Jung you know again we don't know anything about cheaters but they're people for her to be able to come back into her two best friends' lives and say, like, kind of kind of open that door through Eun hee and be like, oh, I met this girl, we've got this great relationship, and they start hanging out, kind of like the two moms are 
frenemies right now and you're like we know they're gonna meet someday and it's all gonna be so funny when they all find out that their moms are fighting and you know Cha Yu-jung could have moved towards Nojiwook and Ji Eun-hyuk's lives and they could have almost maybe repaired that trio friendship that they had since they were six years old through Eun hee but why does Cha Yu-jung have to be this just stupid secondary female lead who's like obsessed with the male lead but also can't let go of the second male lead like why does she need to love both of them and also be attracted to both of them why can't she just love them enough to let them lead their own lives i don't know yeah like that really unselfish love like where you don't really selfish love is what i want yeah where you don't get anything out of it other than like the happiness of two people you care about is that so hard because that is a cool ending to a k-drama where you can imagine her friendship with unbang hee leading her back to maybe repairing friendships that she'd lost long ago why does she have to be crazy and crying at work over noji wook instead he's not that big a deal (laughs) he's not even that nice (laughs) he's such a jerk (laughs) No, we're all in love with Nojiwook. Like, yeah, it sucks. But I just wrote a really cool character who Cha Yu-jung could have been. And I'm really proud of that Cha Yu-jung. Yeah. And I want to see that one instead. She's a good Cha Yu-jung. Season two Cha Yu-jung is going to have a boyfriend of her own who's super dope and owns a bakery. I don't know. I like that. I like that for her. And then she and Eun hee can be friends because... They both low-key hate the other prosecutor that works under Cha Yu-jung. It's like a little frenemies thing. Yeah. Three frenemies. Like, three frenemies. That, oh, that's so cute. That, that's really cute. I could never live that life. I could not <laughs> yeah. do the frenemy lifestyle. It's fun to watch in dramas. Yeah. It's stressful, I think, in reality. It, I mean, it's stressful to watch in dramas, like the two moms. Stress oh, me yeah. out a lot. They stress me out so much. I almost never watch the little after part. I kind of forget that it happens, and sometimes I've already ten seconds skipped through half of it. Uh-huh. Um, but What's like, the there's a lot part? of mom content in the like, like they roll the credits and then they're like, what? It usually says like epilogue or something or something. What? There's but an it, epilogue. It's not like a real epilogue. It just like. Either it provides more context for a scene that was in the K-drama, or it is, like, an additional scene of, like... Did you see the one where, like, um, it kind of goes back in time to when Eun hees mom is leaving her job? And uh, Noji Wook's mom has just gone to be like, I brought you something, and the other ladies are like, she said goodbye to everyone but you. No. And then it shows her, it shows Eun hees mom, like, showing up, like, really quick and then being like, oh, oh no, I've got to get out of here. And Noji Wook's mom, like, chases her down the stairs and is like, why everyone but me? What? That's so cute. Yeah. No. Okay. So when it freezes, it does the freeze frame at the very end of the episode, I click next episode. I have never let the credits roll for any show. This is life-changing stuff. Because <laughs> they always just show, like, next episode. The big kiss moment. And I'm like, God, it's going to be at the end of the next episode. Why did you show me the best part? 
at the end of this episode. It feels spoilery, and I hate it, so I've always skipped it. And I didn't know there were cute little bonus scenes in this one instead of spoiler scenes. Yep. Man. Bonus scenes. Um, I'm really proud of Eun Hee for handling rejection really well. She does all right, especially considering she has to live in the same house as the man she was rejected by. And work for him. And work for him. Basically, 24-7, they've got to be together. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. (laughs) I would Uh, not be able to do that. No, she's very good and strong, and she's great at putting her pride aside. Kudos. Kudos, Kudos. Hee. And I love, like you said, they never let us down by... uh, They show that they're, they're both in love with each other. So it's yeah. never, like, awkward and sad that she's one-sided in love with him. We're done with that part of the drama. It's her being in love with him, trying to repress it, and him kind of sad smiling and trying to repress it. Yeah, and then um, Ji Eun Hyuk trying to make No Ji-wook jealous for Eun Bang Hee. Like, he's doing not doing so himself... Well. Yeah, he's not doing himself any favors. That's for sure. Yeah, he gets... Uh, he gets sprayed with a hose pretty much every day, and I love it. That's like cute comedy, and they they're building a friendship that mm-hmm. both of them really need. That's yeah. adorable. Jun Hyuk, you're a good boy and a good friend, and I'm glad that that's a friendship that's blooming. And I love what it's doing for the main relationship. Yeah, he's yeah, it's very good. And plus, like I've always loved a good friendship, like. And I even more so love a good friendship between a male and a female lead that, like, every... I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't think that everyone just has to be attracted to each other if they're, like, young, beautiful people like these two are. And I really appreciate that they're developing this friendship that's, like, completely attraction-free. And they just, like need each other and like what each of them can offer and like are willing to listen to each other and i like god i love friendship so I love much friendship so much and they keep coming back to the fact that it's so platonic they're constantly like i'm just not attracted to this guy like i honestly wish i was it would be so much easier on my heart if we could just fall in love yeah but it but ain't gonna happen it's not here and not in the cards That's good. That's good for me. Don't drag out this weird pseudo, will they, won't they, create another love triangle. Keep that love triangle garbage in the past. I don't need it. But there is a lot of love square going on that I'm hoping can just be done soon. If we, We got the start of like an actual relationship, which I think will resolve a lot of problems, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they kissed, but... I feel like they'll find a way to mess that up. Yeah, they've already pseudo-slept together twice, so I guess, is the kiss really going to be anything? No, it has to be. I have to believe in that. It was very romantic. Yeah. I have a hard time with dramas where the romance is so heavily led by um, high tension, like high intensity, where it's like, when the when the murderer stops hunting you two... Are y'all still going to be together? Are y'all still going to be attracted to each other? Or is it the damsel in distress that you're into? Yeah, like you just kind of wanted to be needed, huh? 
I don't know. I don't want to believe in that, but it's always in the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird when um, when two characters fall in love under, like, unusual circumstances, which is to say, like, if it's not your everyday life, or if it's, like, extreme stress or trauma, then is it, like, I don't know, is it going to last past that, or is it what you need in that moment? And you're not yeah. a bad person for needing it in that moment, but, like, you're not going to be the same person coming out of it. Do you just need someone to call in times of duress and someone to need you in their times of duress? Or do you actually like living with each other? Which is the nice... I like that there's the living together trope side by side with the with the murder mystery. So it's there's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of needing each other and, like, high high feelings. But... There's also the everyday, like, the, he just likes cooking dinner for her and how she smiles whenever she tastes his cooking. There's cute little moments that's like, no, they might actually be in love. Yeah, or there's a moment where they're kind of play bickering uh, that's really cute. And it's like pretty soon after he's rejected her, but they're trying to like kind of get back to normal and they're play bickering and they're starting to laugh at each other and then they realize what's happening and they're like oh we gotta shut this down but like the play bickering is really really cute it's so cute it's their relaxed real selves and i love it there's so much in this show (laughs) i love it can i say my favorite quote and we can end on that yeah let's do that it's jung hyun su when he is approaching KCSI to threaten him. They're like in the, they're under the bridge. And he's like, What the hell, man? What happened? Why is my sneaker print at the crime scene? But he starts the sentence with Jeepers. <laughs> and that is my favorite quote in the whole drama. Jeepers. But this translation team, they are on point. <laughs> I love what them. Doing. I thank them forever for making this freaking serial killer exclaim jeepers jeepers whenever i hear jeepers i think of the jeepers mister you're really strong from hercules i can't not (laughs) it's the most classic use of jeepers um that's very good it was okay second place honorable mention mayhaps mayhaps is only first place honorable (laughs) mention goes to why you blubbering in the hallway i mean what's with the waterworks in the hallway (laughs) Oh, that part was really good. I laughed pretty hard at that. And then there's another part that she is walking past Unbong Hee and she like bumps her into Nojiwuk and she turns and says, oh, sorry. But like the way I think I'm trying to think exactly what it is. But it's like the way she says it in Korean, like her tone of voice was so perfect that I was like, I kind of want to just like memorize that. Like, obviously, I should just learn Korean, but like that (laughs) moment and then just like use that sarcastically periodically. Just like, (laughs) what does she say? Like, or something. I don't know. I don't know. Please edit that. (laughs) Fuck that. I don't know Korean. I love her. She is. Yeah, she's everything I want in a friend of me. She's doing so good. Yeah. I'm right. hoping... What? I was just going to say I'm hoping she comes around and stops thinking that Eun Hee is a murderer, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't blame her. That was her boyfriend that got murdered. Yeah. But same. I want, there, I want there to be a new trio at the end, and it's our three females. Frenemies forever. All we want is friendship, y'all. Yep. 
Um, that's all I have. Same. Dope. If you had more about these episodes that you wanted to talk about, because we did take a lot of time talking about ourselves and not these episodes. So if you wanted to continue the discussion, there's a couple places to do it. We have our email. It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you there. You can find all of our past episodes as well as sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new show at playonk.com. We uh, have a Patreon, so if you do subscribe to us through Patreon, then we have discussions like on our bonus episodes and when we post the episode early, um, you can access that through our website or you can go to patreon.com slash playonk. We also saw there's a new Chrome extension where you can watch Netflix as a group and we're going to start trying that out pretty soon on Patreon. Yes, I can't wait to start trying that out. We're going to decide what we want to watch and um, because we have so many discussions there, we're kind of just trying to hear you guys out and see what you guys want to watch with us. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, we are at playonk and you can find what we're watching you can vote on what to watch next or you can just give us a hey yeah and then we are on itunes and we'd love a rate a, a rate a review and a subscribe especially if it's a five star review that would be the best it helps get get us on the charts and get some more listeners so we can have a community here to talk about k-dramas thank you to james paul Hever for our theme song we yeah. love it and we love you Thanks, James. We love it and we love you and we love our listeners. Ah, thank you all for listening. I will see you next week with the next eight episodes of Suspicious Partner. K-bye. K-bye.